Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 100th and 11th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And I'm Jim Calloway, director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is Artificial Intelligence in the Law, a conversation with Ross CEO, Andrew Aruda. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O dot com. We'd like to thank Answer One, a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answer1.com. That's www.answer1.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Scorpion, which delivers award-winning law firm web design and online marketing programs to get you more cases. Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Thanks to ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. We are very pleased to have as our guest, Andrew Aruda. Andrew is a Canadian entrepreneur and lawyer. He is the chief executive officer and co-founder of the artificial intelligence company, Ross Intelligence, a leader in the legal technology industry. Andrew speaks internationally on the subjects of artificial intelligence, legal technology, and entrepreneurship, and has been featured in publications such as The New York Times, BBC, CNBC, CBS, Fortune, Inc., Forbes, and The Financial Times. A member of the Forbes 30 Under 30 class of 2017, as well as a 2016 TED speaker, Aruda aims to forever change the way legal services are delivered. Thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Jim and Sharon. It's uh, a pleasure to be here, and I see that it's the 111th show, so that's kind of fun. I like uh, those numbers, 111, and excited to uh, chat to both of you today. Well, we're glad you're with us. I'm not sure how many people there are listening who do not know Ross Intelligence because your your publicity has been very good. But for those who might not, can you please tell us a little bit about the company? Absolutely. Well, I'm glad uh, you know I do what I can and to get out there and get the word out. What we do is build artificially intelligent systems for the law. The goal is uh, to have human lawyers uh, be able to do more than humanly possible. And so the first area that we started in was within legal research. And so using Ross, uh, lawyers can ask their questions in the same way that they would ask a human colleague um, walking down the hall and asking them their questions. And instead of getting back thousands of links to cases which may or may not actually help you, Ross surfaces the exact passages of law 
that you need to do your job. Uh, Ross also monitors the law for you around the clock so that you know if a case comes out and you should be made aware of it, uh, it'll pre-read it, highlight all the most important cases for you, uh, and passages rather, and, and, and email you and alert you within the app. And Ross is even learning how to put together some legal docs, like uh, we're trying to train Ross how to put together a legal memorandum. And so we're always uh, kind of deepening what Ross can do um, and widening in the areas that it's available. And right now, for those uh, listening, um, if you're a bankruptcy practitioner or an intellectual property practitioner, um, you can have Ross uh, assisting you and helping you day to day already. Well, that's very interesting. I understand that Ross operates in the legal research arena, at least now. Is it a replacement for Westlaw or LexisNexis? Blue Hill recently prepared a research paper on Ross's performance and found that using Ross with Westlaw and Lexis led to a reduction of research time between 20 to 30 percent. What do these results mean to you and, and to the whole legal profession? And what technology or people are law firms going to remove when they bring in this type of artificial intelligence? Yeah, Jim, so you're absolutely right. I mean, we operate within the legal research arena. At present, we're really not a replacement for your Westlaw or LexisNexis. And that Blue Hill report, I'm glad you mentioned it because it was something that we're very proud of because we really wanted to benchmark our technology and be able to kind of show, you know, what we could out of the box help firms with and reducing, you know, the amount of time you're spending on legal research between 20 and 30 percent. Uh, means a lot. It means, you know, returns um, in terms of um, overall money for law firms and profits. It also means that the clients are happy. It also means that the professionals equipped with Ross are able to do their job more efficiently and actually develop much quicker. In terms of, you know, what these results mean to the industry, I think what it means is we now have other tools available um, to help you in your legal research tasks. I think that relates to your final question, you know, what in terms of the removing I think oftentimes when folks talk about artificial intelligence, they like to think about it in terms of kind of like the machines versus the humans. Um, And, you know, what do we remove? As a matter of fact, the way I, you know, it works and the way that our partner firms use it, it's a tool that, you know, human lawyers use um, to be able to do things efficiently. It's, It's a symbiotic relationship. And so you don't really see folks being removed, especially, you know, if you go to most law firms and, you know, you ask them, hey, would you want more folks to be able to help you? They usually say yes. And usually they're like, oh, you know, resource-wise, we need more people, but we can't necessarily just afford to hire a ton more people. So Ross is really that tool that comes on, acts as that assistant, and really supercharges what you can do. Well, interesting. You kind of answered my next question. So I think I'm going to reshape it a little bit because I do think a lot of lawyers are worried about artificial intelligence replacing their jobs. And and from my own perspective, I think a certain amount of that fear is justified. But I do understand what you're saying. And, and I've watched with considerable admiration as you've kind of turned your ship a little bit into a different harbor because originally it was called Ross the Super Intelligent Attorney. And now you have more shaped Ross from the point of view of the lawyer as somebody that allows the lawyer to be more efficient, serve the client better, and to focus on something other than what you might call the goat work <laughs> of, of the legal world, which we really don't want to do. And so how did, how did you come to the realization that that was something that needed to be done? Were you just getting some negative vibes from lawyers who were afraid of losing jobs? 
Well, you know what it was, Sharon? It was, you know, I think in other professions where you're like, hey, would you like another team member that could help you a lot? You know, that, that phraseology and that kind of way of kind of marketing your tool is effective. But I think in law, what ended up happening was the same thing that happened when other technology became available, like email and telephones and computers. It led to folks being like, well, you know, can it do this? Can it do that? Well, it can't do everything. And what we realized was, hey, you know, let's ensure that the messaging is clear and so as we continue to iterate, you know, on our messaging and, and grow as a company, we wanted to make sure it was very clear. And so, you know, now it's, it's pretty, you know, I think our tagline on the website, you know, it says, you know, allow humans to do more than ever before possible. And I think that's really where we landed on. So, you know, when we started, we've been around now for about two years. It's also about knowing the culture of law. I myself was an attorney beforehand, but I had never been involved in legal technology per se. So it's just about knowing customs and knowing about, you know, the most effective messaging. And I think once folks start talking about and seeing Ross and using Ross, usually what they realize is, oh, this allows me to be much more efficient. Um, it's not necessarily something that replaces me. This is pretty exciting. And I also think as a legal industry, you know, unlike other industries where artificial intelligence is more of a threat, um, you know, you look at transportation and I think there's going to be some real questions there as to, you know, what AI and its effects are. But in law, you have the majority of people who need a lawyer not being able to afford it. And so I think there's this huge latent market, and I actually think AI could end up allowing lawyers to do more work, um, you know, being you know, more profitable as a law firm, and I think most importantly, helping further access to justice in that process. I think AI and law can lead to that win-win. Well, thanks for that, Andrew. And, and I do want to let our listeners know that there's a really cool little video on the homepage of Ross Intelligence. And, it, you know, go ahead and click on that video. It's just over a minute. And it, it really shows you how people who are afraid of, of things like artificial intelligence perhaps don't, don't need to be. There's another way of looking at things. Yeah, thank you for uh, pointing people that way. I recall one time talking to a group at Tech Show, Sharon was there, and I showed them a picture of Watson, the Jeopardy champion, and, and warned them that they should be paying attention to this trend. Uh, so uh, <laughs> now we have it here. Some folks believe in order to get workable artificial intelligence, you need thousands of employees and billions of dollars. Is this true or false? Well, I mean, Jim, you mentioned earlier that Blue Hill report, right? Mm -hmm. And that Blue Hill report showed that, you know, we were able to, with a pretty nimble team, use artificial intelligence to drop a pretty considerable amount of time off of the research process in a very short amount of time. And so I think what I would say is I would point to and use the old uh, adage that my grandmother always used to say, the proof's in the pudding. And so I think uh, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes we think of this, this technology as this monolithic machine and it's super expensive and you need tons of engineers. When that's not necessarily the case, I think the other example there is if folks uh, listening want to learn more about this, there was a, an AI that learned how to play poker, and it was actually two engineers, and they took on and, and have been beating human champions with it. So I think what it is now, we're in such an exciting age where you know cloud computing has meant you know folks can be in a basement and tap into computer power that was unheard of even just five, ten years ago. You have the maturation of, of a whole bunch of algorithms and techniques, and most importantly, you have readily available digital data that you can use to train these systems. So I think certainly on a wide scale, you know, uh, we can't wait until we're a company with tens of thousands of folks, et cetera, and in every country. But I think there's just so much that can be done right out of the box. And I think, you know, that means that not just uh, in the space we're in, but across the board, we're going to be in for pretty exciting times as more companies, you know, release different AIs that help lawyers. We will certainly be keeping an eye on that. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. 
Imagine what you could do with eight extra hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice, from intake to invoice. Try it for free at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Not getting enough cases from the internet? The kind of cases you want? Scorpion can help. Over the last 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. During this time, Scorpion has won over 100 awards for its law firm website design and online marketing success. Join the thousands of law firms which partner with Scorpion and start getting more cases today. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is Artificial Intelligence in the Law, a conversation with Ross CEO, Andrew Arruda. Andrew is a Canadian entrepreneur and lawyer. He is chief executive officer and co-founder of the artificial intelligence company, Ross Intelligence, a leader in the legal technology industry. Andrew, I think there's probably a ton of misconceptions about AI, but can I ask you to single out what you think is the biggest one? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest one is that, and it's a danger, it's that, you know, right now folks think about it as this tool to replace and and. I also think sometimes folks overestimate where artificial intelligence is now. They expect it to be something that can, you know, paint your back porch, cut your front lawn, you know, do everything for you. And so what I would say is, you know, these tools are really, you know, things that can assist you and help you. You have to see where they fit into your workflow. And I think, you know, the misconception I think right now is that right now we have these sentient beings that, you know, are or an army of robot lawyers out there trying to take folks' jobs, and it's certainly just not the case. Well, I will say robot lawyer concept has produced some interesting graphics on the internet, Uh, but uh, artificial intelligence is being used in marketing more and more these days. Has the technology been overhyped? Ed Walters, the CEO of Fastcase and a professor who lectures on AI has been quoted as saying that AI today is about 5% real and 95% hype. What's your response to that? Yeah, so... um First of all, Ed uh, and I are just such great, great friends, and he's such a great legal tech uh, pioneer and someone we actually had uh, on our uh, Ross Intelligence blog recently. So folks out there listening, if you want to see that, check that out. But what I would say about that is, you know, and I've talked to Ed about his belief on that. What Ed's saying, and I, you know, I'm, I, I'm prone to believe is whenever a new you know, technology comes out, there's this kind of overhype phase where everyone talks about it, and it leads to discussions, like I mentioned, of like, you know, this super sentient being, et cetera. And what that's meant in law is there's certainly been a rush to just include the term artificial intelligence in your product. Meanwhile, maybe that product doesn't rest, even need artificial intelligence, or you know, maybe it's not necessarily the best fit. And so what Ed you know, was talking about is we have to ensure that you, you vet the companies that you know, are making those claims, and I think that's critical. And that's why, you know, from our perspective, you know, we sought out you know, the industry leader in, in kind of uh, testing product lines. We found that Blue Hill was one that you know was used both by both incumbents in the space in the past, 
And so we empirically proved what ROS can do. And I think that that's something that other uh, folks in the space need to do and, and something that's important. So I think, you know, it's, it's like the internet. Once the internet came out, you, you know, you heard so much about it, information, misinformation, and then that died down. And what you have is, you know, such transformative technology. And I think you'll see the same with AI. So if lawyers continue to rely on the billable hour model, will they ever adopt artificial intelligence, which they tend to think will cut into their profits? What do you think about that, Andrew? I don't think that the billable hour is the the culprit per se, Sharon. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, firms that we work with still operate on the billable hour. But the difference is the clients aren't going to pay for the units within that billable hour attributed to certain activities, including legal research. And so I don't think it's the billable model that necessarily is a problem because actually the clients have actually taken back a lot of control on what they will accept or not. And then you also see the rise of things like fixed fees and and kind of requests for work. What I actually think is a bigger issue than the billable hour is kind of the partnership uh, structure of law firms because it, it almost kind of, it's, you get into almost that classic innovator's dilemma that large companies end up getting into when you start thinking quarterly or bi-quarterly. You don't make investments in advancements that will really truly kind of be transformative in the future and drive more profits and actually drive, which I, and I'll say it again, the most important thing, better access to justice. And so I think instead of focusing on the billable hour, I think we should focus on the partnership structure and, you know, see if that is uh, the best way to encourage innovation within um, law firms. Andrew, I'd hate to admit how many decades your hosts collectively have under our belts on trying to get lawyers to use modern technology. What, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing legal technology adoption today? And what are your challenges as you see it in introducing artificial intelligence to the legal industry? Well, you know, Jim, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see the same challenges introducing any new technology in law you faced in the past. So you're going to deal with, you know, pessimism, you're going to deal with resistance, you're going to deal with a whole bunch of things. And I'd love to say, you know, the reason why Ross has been so successful is simply because we have, like, just the, the world's greatest product, it speaks for itself, all that. But I, I actually think a big factor in that has also been the changing climate of the legal market. And so Georgetown, you know, uh, always releases that yearly report. And for folks listening, you should go out and read that. What you're seeing is the clients are saying no to things. Clients are taking back control. And so I think a lot of the challenges in terms of introducing new legal tech technology are actually being removed because the clients are, are getting back into, into control on it. I think the classic challenge you face in any legal technology introduction is adoption and ensuring folks put it into their workflow. And the way that we overcome that is by you know, having such a, a brilliant customer success team here on our end who just work tirelessly to ensure folks are getting the most out of the technology. And so I think it's a combination of doing what you can. And also, in many ways, we're very happy that the market has changed in a way that has led to a lot of law firms to you know, seek out different ways of doing things and think innovatively. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter AnswerOne Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. 
Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the country. Connect your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high volume serves, and understand the litigation process and the rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit servenow.com. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is artificial intelligence in the law, a conversation with Ross CEO, Andrew Arruda. Andrew, right now, how is AI currently being used effectively in law firms, and how do you think it will evolve over time? And maybe tell us how fast you think it will evolve, because I see it as sort of catching fire, which it really hadn't done last year or maybe the year before, but it seems to be catching fire now. Yeah, absolutely. So how it's being used effectively in law firms right now, in terms of on the Ross intelligence side, it's really streamlining um, legal research. We're also working with law firms and bringing in that same incredible power into their knowledge management systems, as well as some other kind of AIs that we're aiming to build. I think, you know, where I see it evolving over time is so that you could be able to ask questions to an ecosystem of AIs that can interact with one another and get you the information you need. So an example of that would be, you know, what does the law say about XYZ? What have we as a law firm done in the past that, you know, best mirrors this? You know, what's the most relatable instances and cases we've dealt with? How long do these cases typically last? How much, you know, should we charge our clients for this? And all those different AIs, which are siloed, dealing with different data sets, being able to be interacted and, and, and kind of, um, you know, surfaced upon just asking your questions. It's really about making your internal knowledge not only something that could be easily queried, but also allowing it to learn and essentially come alive on its own. And I see that that's the direction that you'll see AI going. Um, in terms of the speed, I think that's tough to say. Because at the end of the day, Sharon, you also have to keep in mind that these systems, it's a symbiotic relationship. And so a lot of the time, what I like to tell folks is with the right amount of money and and the right partners, we could pretty much build a lot of pretty, you know, kind of out there stuff that a lot of people think isn't possible today, but it is. And so you just need to find the right folks. And, you know, we've been really lucky to be working with um, leading law firms, you know, solo practitioners, small law firms, medium, large, international we work with uh, in-house teams, and that's been a, you know, some great partnerships. We work with law schools, and we work with bar associations. And so, you know, I think, uh, like you said, I do think right now we're seeing um, the rise of this technology. And I think it's well-timed with two things, the rise in the capability and, and the maturation of these technologies, timed with an unprecedented uh, time of competition within the legal industry. And so it's kind of that perfect climate um, for folks who are now like, okay, well, you know, our clients want us to do more with less. How do we do that? Well, let's talk to Ross Intelligence. Let's talk to other, uh, you know, uh, legal tech companies implementing AI and see what we can do. So I think it's a really exciting time. I think 2017 is going to be very exciting. But I also think, you know, there's not, we, this is an evolution of technology. And I think it's going to be exciting to see where we are today, tomorrow, and the future. And, you know, like you said, uh, Sharon, things do catch and, and it goes really quick. And, you know, what always kind of makes me kind of, you know, always say, oh, wow, you know, the App Store only opened in about 2008. And, you know, here we are less than 10 years later and we can't live without our app. So I think you'll see a similar thing where AI will just become ubiquitous. uh, But then eventually people will almost kind of half take it for granted, much like we do with apps. 
Yeah, I think you're right. There are kids who who don't think there's any other way to research besides talking to Alexa. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, you talk to uh, you, you talk to some folks, and you know, they don't even know what a floppy disk and the image on Word look. You know, they don't know about that stuff. And sometimes, as a profession, you know, sometimes you know, we we typically we hold back on adopting new technology, and that's fine. I think you know, for good reason, we need to make sure everything's you know, cross the T's and dot the I's. But what I always encourage folks to do is experiment, innovate, and whether the tool is enabled by AI or not, it's about experimentation and really, at the end of the day, how you can deliver um, the best value to your clients, the best results, it's something your clients deserve, it's something they expect. And whether the tool is you know, enabled by artificial intelligence or not, you need to come up with that toolkit that allows you to be an effective lawyer. And I think um, AI is just this incredible force that's now getting involved in, and allowing lawyers to do more than they ever could before. And I think that's a good thing across the board. How can folks listening who are interested in bringing Ross into their law firms or their in-house teams get in touch with you and your team? And can you give us a range of what an annual subscription to use Ross might cost? Is it priced per user or by firm size or some other way? We hear that question a lot. Absolutely. So for folks wanting to get more information about Ross Intelligence, our website is rossintelligence.com. For folks who want to keep up to date, I mentioned we have a blog going as well. That's blog.rossintelligence.com. In terms of how we price Ross, you know, as I mentioned before, Jim, it's priced in a way that is uh, accessible both from a solo practitioner all the way up to your large international law firms. Our sales team can be reached through our website as well. And uh, all you got to do is just kind of click on a button, fill out some info, and someone will reach out with you and, and start a conversation. Pricing is something that's really never gotten in the way of anything. And I think most of the time folks are pretty surprised at, uh, at how affordable it is. And I think the testament to some of the you know, uh, smaller law firms and their testimonials and some of the news that they've said and, and some of the stuff they've said kind of speaks for itself. And I think in many ways, artificial intelligence is this incredible force that can even the playing field. So I'm very excited about the large law firms that we work with, but I'm particularly excited about the solo, small, and medium-sized firms we work with as well. Well, I know they'll be glad to hear that because it's something I've heard them worry about. So we want to thank you so much for being our guest today, Andrew. This um, this whole subject of AI, I, what can I say? I'm an AI junkie. Uh, I've had the pleasure, of course, of, of lecturing with you and, and meeting you. And, and it was great just to have the conversation today. And I know our listeners enjoyed it. This is a whole brand new world to them. And they're so busy practicing law, most of them haven't had the time to focus on AI in any real extent. So thank you again for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much, Sharon. I think, uh, you know, like you said, you know, I myself got my start at a small law firm. And so uh, for those out there listening, it was the same thing for me. You know, I didn't, I wasn't aware of all, all these options in legal technology just because we were just so busy doing what we, we were doing. And so get out there, experiment, and uh, we'd love to chat with you. And Sharon, thanks so much for having me, Jim. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and like I said, I really love the numbers, 111, and I can't <laughs> wait to, uh, to continue conversation and see you both uh, at uh, one event or another uh, as the future progresses. Well, you can count on that. You bet. And that does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy. 
Thanks for listening to The Digital Edge, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway for their next podcast covering the latest topic related to lawyers and technology. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.